Good morning, everybody. As you find your way to the tables, I know there's more of you that are rolling in, so come on in. There is always tons to talk about, so I want to make sure we leverage all the moments we've got. Apparently, there's still plenty of all of you to talk about at your tables. We'll see if we can get everyone's attention. All right, folks, if I could have your attention up front here, I'd love to be able to pray for us as we get started today. I know some of the tables still have some spaces open. I imagine there's some people still rolling in. If you find that uh, maybe uh, five, ten minutes into this, uh, your table still is just you or uh, one other person, uh, slide over and find another table, but maybe hold out for a sec as maybe somebody's rolling in late today or uh, things have come up a bit. Um, But do your best to try to join the table that you've been a part of in the past Uh, for all the reasons we've talked about before. Let's uh, start with a prayer here. Lord Jesus Christ, thank you for being our rest, for being the one in whom we can find uh, peace and joy and renewal. Lord, as we spend another day today on the topic of rest, Jesus, this gift that you tell us about that's supposed to be for us and a blessing to us. Lord, help us to increasingly see it, one, as a gift, and two, uh, help us see how to take a step toward receiving it uh, in greater and greater fullness. We pray this all in the name of Jesus. Amen. All right, so uh, like we've done in weeks past, I'd love for you to chat at your table about how things went this past week. You had uh, been given the the challenge to uh, list out, maybe you did it in writing, maybe it was a mental list, uh, of things that you delight in. Man, if I had time to step away for a bit and do something that that fills my soul, that uh, energizes me, those things would be this. Uh, One, it was make that list, and two, uh, maybe take a, a morning, uh, an afternoon, a lunchtime, uh, maybe a whole day to be able to delight in those things. Uh, how'd it go? Uh, uh, talk about that at your table just for like three or four minutes here. So you kind of quickly buzz around the table of, uh, on those two topics. Uh, how'd it go? What are you celebrating uh, that went well? Or what were your hurdles? Go. All right. All right, if you can wrap up your discussions. Hopefully you had a chance to uh, talk about at your table those things that you worked on this past week. And if you would love to continue that discussion uh, over lunch, I encourage you, if you haven't already, trade phone numbers with the people that are at the table with you um, and let what happens here continue to blossom out uh, in the rest of the week. Because guess what? Most of these people live locally. You could get together with them. They could come over for dinner at your house. You could meet at McDonald's after church. Uh, You could uh, grab brunch later. Uh, Make that uh, a part of your Sabbath and let these uh, discussions 
uh, continue. So uh, there's my nudge to you to make sure that you're uh, letting the relationships begun here continue uh, beyond here. I'd love to take us, uh, I'm going to let the discussion that happened at your table be there. I'm going to get us back to onto our discussion guide. Uh, page one, uh, a bit of review. We're going to talk through these things together. Uh, we talked a bit already about uh, when you think about Sabbath, uh, what that is, how we participated in the past. I believe, I don't know if we addressed this question in particular, but we talked a bit about uh, here in Jenison or in West Michigan, there's the experience of what you're not allowed to do and the things of, of uh, like stores being closed and that kind of stuff is uh, some of the Sabbath kinds of stuff. Hopefully you talked a bit at your table about uh, how Sabbath uh, that you stepped toward that this week. If not, uh, spoiler alert, that'll be the challenge for the week ahead. Uh, so if you didn't uh, get a chance to step into that yet, uh, maybe some first steps in that direction uh, for the week ahead can be uh, where you're aiming. Uh, in what ways have you ever felt guilty for taking days off from work? How do you feel when you've finished work but try to rest anyways? I want to do this just by raise of hands. Who has ever felt guilty for taking time off of work? Okay, look around for a sec. Keep those hands up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're not alone in this. Okay, we got people we're walking together with. Very good. Uh, who loves to have unfinished work and still rest anyway? Raise of hands. Loves to have unfinished work and still rest anyways. Matt, God bless you. You're good, really. <laughs> okay, who does not love that? Yeah, why, why is that? Why, why do we want to have uh, the, all the work finished? Can you put your finger on it? Why do you like to have all the work finished? Because you're going to think about it? Okay. Because... Uh, if I'm resting and, or trying to rest or, or not do those things, uh, my mind doesn't rest even if my body does. Okay. What else? Yeah. Um, right. Rest feels like a reward. And so if I haven't finished my work, I don't feel like I can reward myself. Ah, rest feels like a reward. And if I haven't done my work, then I don't, I haven't earned it yet. Who likes to earn stuff? Yes, yes. Because then, well, why, why, why do we, why, why do you think? Why do we like to earn stuff? Well, why not just get the gift of rest? A validation that you deserve it. For whatever reason, it just, it just feels better that way. Like, I, 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 I got it. Yeah, what? Gotta get your work done before you have fun. That even sticky. I like it. But yeah. How many of you do feel like it's uh, it's just wired into you? Like I can't sit down until I get the stuff done. How many of you? Okay, at least half of the room. Yeah, yeah. I can't sit down. Like there's something inside of me that just just won't let me do that. Uh, I'm going to give this one to you at the table. Uh, what makes it say, difficult for you to stop even for a couple of hours? That one, uh, so the most literal translation for Sabbath is to stop. We heard that in the video. I want you to deal with that question and the next one. Uh, the second translation of Sabbath is rest. That's physical, mental, emotional rejuvenation. When was the last time you did this? Perhaps you talked about this already. And what do you think it would look like for you to actively rest in Jesus? So those discussions that you started before, you can continue some of them uh, in these two things. But I'd, I'm going to give you about five more minutes to talk at your table uh, about what makes it difficult, stop even for a couple of hours, 
and uh, the question after that, the second translation of rest, of Sabbath that's rest, and the questions that go along with that. Five minutes at your tables. Go. All right. Those five minutes go fast. I know it. But if you can wrap up where you're at. I'd love to draw our minds to that first question. All right. I don't know if everybody just doesn't hear me or you guys are just so immersed in it. I don't know. All right, guys, let's bring it back together. Let's hear it. What makes it difficult for you to stop? What did you, what did you hear? What did you say or what did you hear uh, was a kind of common thread at your table? What makes it difficult to stop? Just life in general. Okay. That there's just lots of things. Okay. Okay. Worry. Worry. Tell me more. Yes, yes, yes. Do you hear how the pace just picked up on that? You feel that? Yes. Yeah, because if this doesn't get done, then that doesn't get done. And if I don't get those things done, then when I got more stuff to do and these things still aren't done and I got those things to do and there's more to do and more to do on top of that. So, 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 it, so the, the, the story that I tell myself, again, we, we deal with worries and then we ask what the story is. The story I tell myself is, if I leverage the time more now, I'll be better off in the future. That's the story. If I leverage my time more now, I'll be better off in the future. And the question we gotta ask ourselves is, is that true? Because it feels true. It feels very true. Um, uh, I think uh, another story uh, for myself is uh, fear of the future. Uh, when I get to this future place, I won't be okay if I have all these things that I haven't done. Ooh, ooh, okay, so there's a couple things there. Uh, it, if, uh, if I don't do it, it won't happen. Uh, so there's fear of this thing not being done and a, a future where this thing doesn't, isn't done and what, what will I do then? Or I'm the only one that can do this, so I gotta like, put on my, my, uh, my cape and uh, be the savior that comes in and takes care of this thing because I'm the only one that can do this. Now, there's some truth to some things. Like You're the only one that can be a husband to your wife. True. The only one that can be a father to your children. True. There are some unique things uh, to do in life. So we can't avoid those things. Uh, but nonetheless, um, that's not the only thing either. What else? Yeah. There's deadlines. Okay, so those deadlines, uh, that's like external deadlines, so there's other people expecting things of you or internal uh, demands? Which one? Sorry, there's, there's some passion coming right here. I said the IRS. The IRS, yes. <laughs> yes. They want stuff. By tomorrow. By, t by yesterday. Yes, the IRS wants it. What about you, Grace? Is it, is it, is it internal or is it external yes. demands? Okay. 
Yeah. Yeah. Wrong answer, we can all be replaced. Let's hold on to that one. Um, yeah, like you're going to die with uh, undone tasks. Oof, how about that? <laughs> yeah, like, like, like guess, guess what? When you're done, there's going to be a ton of things you didn't do. What's that? Not on God's list. Yeah, not on God's list. Yeah, so, so what's the story we tell ourselves about expectations that aren't met? If I don't meet my own internal expectations or I don't meet somebody else's expectations, what's the then what? I'm not good enough. I'm not good enough. I, I don't measure up. I failed. And not, not just I failed, but now identity, I am a failure. I would say it probably moves to that, that level. This, this is how I see myself. Because, because my actions determine who I am. True? No. God's actions determine who I am. What the Son of the Father did on the cross determines who I am. His success determines who I am. But in the moment, I just feel like I don't want to disappoint somebody. I'm not thinking about whether or not that defines me. But if I go a couple layers deeper, I realize it kind of does. Matt, what do you got? Okay, so you've got, you've got scripture out there. The, idol's hand, the idle hand is a devil's workplace. Uh, we've got scriptures that encourage us to, to use the gifts that you've been given. We've got Paul that says, uh, keep running the race. So there's, those things are true, yes. And if we hold on, this is, this is the danger of only holding on to portions of scripture uh, and not reading the other portions as well and trying to, to hold both of them in tension. And yes, if you grew up in a household that said, uh, uh, you, you should stay busy because uh, you don't want to be idle, which potentially the, the fear there, what's the story I'm telling myself? If I'm idle, then I'm going to be a bigger sinner. If I'm a bigger sinner, then what? Then my life is going to go down the dumps. And if my life goes down the dumps, then I, I won't be okay. But if your life goes down the dumps, will you be okay? Can God bring people, has God brought people out of some pretty low lows? And he has. Can I hold on to that promise in the moment? Yeah, Larry. Well, another problem is societal pressure, societal norm. Uh, in America or in some Asian countries, they're, we're driven. If you don't work so many hours, if you don't put in so much overtime, if you don't do this, if you do that, if you don't meet the norm of society, uh, but yet, you know, I'm, I'm taking those Spanish classes, and in Spain, they have yeah, I just want to make sure everybody heard. Are you saying, like, if you, uh, we have norms around us and expectations of those around us, and, like, everybody else is still working. How can you rest? Your neighbor's still doing stuff. They're still accomplishing things. They're doing a better job at you fill in the blank than you are because you're not keeping the pedal to the metal all the time. Now I'm finding stuff um, to keep me going at, and make my life a, 
career, I mean, finding my own little career and stuff. Indeed. Indeed. Yeah, so those pressures start early on, even while in high school. Like, you, you have to do this if you're going to consider yourself to be successful or a whole person or meeting your full potential. But God's got an idea of what our full potential is. He's, he's got a plan for us, and it is in college for everybody. Yeah. Sometimes there's a, there's a different path to getting to providing a roof over your head and, and food on your table. Yeah, Les, okay. So, e- like so, you, yeah, go. Like what you're doing, they, they just don't let it go with that. Yeah, so there is this, uh, even in our evaluations at work, and maybe you're the one that's done some of the evaluations at work. Where are you going from here? What's next? How are you growing uh, from this place? I want to make sure that we're digging into uh, Scripture here. So I want you guys uh, to uh, flip ahead to the next page. Uh, I'm going to skip over those questions of, like, besides attending church, uh, what it looked like for you to dedicate a day to God? What do you think worship looks like outside of uh, church worship service? If we got time at the end, I want to come back to that. I do think that's uh, worth spending time in. But I want to get into Genesis chapter 2, uh, starting at verse 1. Genesis chapter 2, beginning at verse 1. When you get there, if you can just look up at me so that I know we're all uh, at that spot, that'd be great. All right, Genesis chapter 2, beginning at verse 1. And yes, there are Bibles up here if anybody needs them. Thus, the heavens and earth were completed in all their vast array. But the seventh day, God had finished the work he had been doing. So on the seventh day, He rested from all his work and God blessed the seventh day and made it holy because on it he rested from all the work of creating that he had done. So this is the the end of the the six days of creation, uh, the first accounting of it. Then you've got another accounting there later on in chapter two. But uh, what adjectives do you see in those verses, verses one through three, that describe the Sabbath? Just call them out. What adjectives do you see that describe the Sabbath in those verses? Uh, yeah, uh, to finish the work is, is something he was doing. That's actually a verb, but uh, yeah, it's okay. Uh, but yeah, so it's a, it's a completed thing. I heard something else over here. Okay, it was holy. What does holy mean? Set apart, very good. Uh, this is, we, uh, I think about like a trophy shelf. The, those are things you, you set up uh, in a way. It's something, it's a treasured, um, I don't know, a, a china that goes in a china cabinet is holy because I've tucked it away, set it apart. I only use it uh, at particular times and particular places uh, because it's special, it's holy. So this is something that's like that uh, china plate that you've set up in the china cabinet. Uh, what else besides holy, what other words? blessed. Um, So it's distinctly, uh, has a blessing on it. Um, He blessed a day. I mean, that's a little like interesting. Like what, what does that mean? Um, So there's, there's something that really, really good comes from it. 
Others? Did I miss some? Holy and blessed. The seventh day. Thank you. There we go. Uh, so uh, it is, uh, we're counting a, a seven-day week, and this is the seventh one. Then we start back at one again. So one out of six is a day that's uh, set aside, that's different than all the other days. So whether we honor the Sabbath or not, this day has been set apart as holy. So uh, is the Sabbath a special part of your week? In what ways do you treat the Sabbath as a special or set apart? Just real quick at your tables, two minutes uh, on that. Do you set it apart somehow? And if so, how? All right, so on Genesis chapter 2, all right, so for Genesis chapter 2, we've had a chance to talk about uh, Sabbath and a day that's set apart and the ways that you did it or didn't do that. Uh, I'm going to move on to the next question. In what ways does God resting from his work help you understand the importance of humankind resting from work. There's the reality that God, on the seventh day, rested. Yeah? I was okay, so if anybody doesn't need rest, uh, it's God. So, do we think that God needed rest on the seventh day? Raise your hand for yes. Okay, raise your hand for no. Okay, most of us think no. God didn't need, I mean, he's, he's all-powerful. Okay. So, what was he doing? Example. Enjoying his creation, being an example. Uh, this is that delight list. That, that you guys uh, worked through this week or will be challenged to uh, work through in the, in the week ahead. Uh, he took time to enjoy uh, what had been created. Um, who's ever heard of uh, the starving baker? Uh, uh, yes, yeah. Uh, what, do, you want, do you want to give us a quick summary of the starving baker? Okay, the, the baker who baked for everybody else and didn't feed himself. So he was starving, and yet he's a baker. And how often are we the starving baker? Like, I, I, I have so many expectations. There's so many people that need bread from me. There's so many people that need this. I'm the only baker in town. Uh, are, are people really better off if I never eat? Or uh, am I actually better off if I not only eat, but take time to delight in the thing that I've created? What's that? You probably are going to be a better baker uh, if you take time to uh, do those things. Man, that, that pushes on me hard. Um, he, didn't, he didn't rest because uh, everything was done. I mean, certainly the things that he'd set aside, like, yep, creation, one, two, three, four, five, six days. Um, but it's not like there was nothing that he was going to do on the eighth day that he could have done on the seventh but he still stopped. Yeah? 
Phoenicia, and the cessation from labor is the paradigm of Sabbath rest for the human Cessation from, say, say that last part again. God's cessation from labor is the paradigm of rest in the household. So by his patterning, he's inviting you to adopt this pattern. Hence, this day is set aside as blessed for you. This day is set aside as holy for you. Uh, it's, it's like going to Christmas and people bringing gifts for you and you'd be like, I don't have time to open those. I got other stuff to do. No, I'm, I'm, I'm good. I, I, I don't have time for that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Why would I ever so, so, like also I always like I love my dad dearly. He's always been that person that loved me unconditionally. Also my husband and my children. But um I I think if I think of the Sabbath as my day to visit God and that's what God wants from me and I'm having trouble doing it too. But um if I Yes. So I want to make sure everybody heard that. Uh, she's saying, if I don't take time to rest, to take time to Sabbath, I don't take time to really experience the love of, of a God who's with me, uh, who, who cares for me. And she's saying, like, in the course of my own relationships, uh, like with, with my husband, if I don't stop long enough, uh, she's saying, I, I wouldn't take time to tell him I love him or just to enjoy, enjoy uh, eyes locked with one another or smile or... Or, or no, even notice those things. Yeah. What, yeah. I, I had a parent who, one parent who wasn't nice to me. So, um, so I need a lot of God's love. So, but if I don't take time to really realize he loves me, I'm a really broken, hurt person in the world because I really need that love of God. Like knowing <coughs> God really loves me even way more than I could ever love somebody else. Yeah. Yeah, so for you, unless you take that time, and particularly in the past with having a parent that didn't love you well, to take time and really embrace the love of a father that does love you well is, is significant. Yeah. But I get to visit my dad. Because know? you get to engage in that relationship with your dad. And so you're willing to set things aside for the sake of that. Yeah, we should be like that with God and just hear what he's got to say to us. Yeah. And I think Pam's done a great job describing that uh, fourth part of Sabbath. So it's stop, right, stop, rest, delight, and worship. And a big part of that worship is that I just get to be with one who loves me as I am. And if I don't slow down long enough 
to be there, to be loved, to, to notice all the ways that he provides for me. Uh, and so as you're coming to, to worship, yeah, you can come and check the box, I was here. Uh, but if you come with a posture of, of heart that says, I'm ready to be with one that's going to care for me, and I know that he's got lots of gifts to give uh, as I gather with other people, or as I, I take time to, to rest and delight in his words and his promises, and I come with an open-handed posture, um, then I'm ready for that. Um, and that's an important part of worship as well. I want to make sure we get here. So let's go to uh, Matthew chapter 12 now. Matthew 12, starting at verse 1. So finding time to observe the Sabbath is important. And uh, we're told that it's set aside, should be a part of our normal lifestyle. But there's a way in which this gift can become too legalistic. So Larry, this was the question you asked uh, last week. And this verse begins to help us think about that. So verse Uh, Verse 1, chapter 12 of Matthew. At that time, Jesus went through the grain fields on the Sabbath. His disciples were hungry and began to pick some heads of grain and eat them. When the Pharisees saw this, they said to him, Look, your disciples are doing what is unlawful on the Sabbath. He answered, Haven't you read what David did when he and his companions were hungry? He entered the house of God, and he and his companions ate the consecrated bread which was not lawful for them to do, but only for the priests. Or haven't you read in the law that on the Sabbath, the priests in the temple desecrate the day and yet are innocent? I tell you that one greater than the temple is here. If you had known what these words mean, I desire mercy, not sacrifice, you would not have condemned the innocent. For the Son of Man is the Lord of the Sabbath. Going on from that place, he went into their synagogue, and a man with a shriveled hand was there looking for a reason to accuse Jesus. They asked him, is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath? And he said to them, if any of you has, uh, has a sheep and it falls into a pit on the Sabbath, will you not take a hold of it and lift it out? How much more valuable is a man than a sheep? Therefore, it is lawful to do good on the Sabbath. I'll just finish this part out. Then he said to the man, stretch out your hand. And so he stretched it out and it was completely restored, just as sound as the other. But the Pharisees went out and plotted how they might kill Jesus. So uh, Jesus gives an example here of the Pharisees uh, asking about uh, this life-giving activity on the Sabbath and whether or not it was acceptable. What is the reason Jesus gives for doing good deeds uh, on the, for, sorry, what reason does Jesus give for good deeds being lawful on the Sabbath? He's saying it is okay to take the sheep out of the pit. Why? Because otherwise the sheep's going to die. It's, it's okay to do things that give life on the Sabbath, that are filling uh, in some ways, uh, we could get so strict with, no, 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 I'm not doing anything on the Sabbath that I, that I can't pivot from this. And, and I want you guys to think of this uh, kind of like, like two sides that you could fall off the horse. Uh, on, on the one hand, uh, we could look at Sabbath like, like I have 
probably for the most of my life as a follower of Jesus, as in Jesus is my Sabbath rest, so I don't really need to rest because he's already fulfilled that. Good to go, I'm gonna keep working. Like, uh, he's seen, I went to church, he's my Sabbath rest, good to go. On the other side of things, there could be, uh, I will not do anything on this day of the week because uh, that's what he says and there's no exceptions to this and this is where I'm going. And my challenge to you guys is that the, the truth is somewhere in the middle. That there, uh, it's not something that I can set aside altogether because Jesus is my Sabbath rest. And it's not totally legalistic on the other side of things um, because we're supposed to do things that, that give life. And so there, there might be some exceptions to this, some ways that it doesn't work uh, in this week or there's different ways that it, it comes around. What questions do you guys have about the, that, that spectrum of legalism versus not? Yeah. I certainly, certainly wouldn't want the police and fire to not work on Sunday. Yeah. So there's ways in which it, it brings life that, that things continue that way. This is my uh, reminder that we just have a couple minutes left. Yeah. Right. Yeah, which, which uh, is a decent reminder. And uh, John Mark Coomer gets into this a bit in his book. Uh, if I do less things on the Sabbath, it not only helps me rest, but also all the people that would depend on, that, that I'm depending on. So if I, if I don't go to a restaurant, the servers don't need to work there. If I'm not running to Gemmins, uh, they don't need to work there. Uh, if I'm not at this place, uh, so by your resting, you're actually helping other people rest. Uh, we talked about the societal expectations of, of how uh, what other people are doing uh, leads me to, to what I might be doing. And if you're the one in your household or you're the household in your neighborhood that uh, doesn't just keep pushing, could that be a, a seed of uh, like, no, there's, there's life to be had here that could be an influence to those around you. I want to read to you from uh, Mark 2, 27. Uh, similar uh, passage. Uh, actually, I'm going to start at verse 23. Mark chapter 2, uh, starting at verse 23. One Sabbath, Jesus was in the grain field. It's kind of the same one, but he wraps it up differently. Uh, they were picking some heads of grain. Verse 24, the Pharisees said, look, they're doing what's unlawful on the Sabbath. Uh, verse 25, haven't you read that David and his companions uh, were hungry and they ate and it's okay? Verse down, move down to verse 27. And he said to them, the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. And so the Son of Man is the Lord even of the Sabbath. The Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. The Sabbath was made for you as a gift. God set aside this day for you because he knew you needed it. He actually designed you in such a way that you would need it. In some ways, your body always will return to rest because you push too far, eventually you get sick. And you got to stay home. 
and it's sort of an, an unintentional rest. Or you could rest along the way and stay filled. So keeping the Sabbath is not just a good idea. It is also a command from God. Let's not lose sight of this. He's saying, I I not only want to give you this gift, here's a gift, please take it. It's good for you. I feel like I have to just keep hearing those words again and again and again as I try to reorient my life to this because this isn't how my family of origin was. We, we just did stuff. I don't, I don't fault my parents. I mean, we, we went to church. There was times we rest and did fun things, but, but never with intentionality. Like, this is a time where I want to set aside and enjoy the gift that God's given me. There's times where we unintentionally, uh, like, yeah, let's, let's go do an afternoon away. Let's, let's, let's be at church. We were regularly at church every Sunday. We were there. I mean, coming in, like, during the first hymn because uh, we were rushing our way to, to the end. But nonetheless, we were there. Uh, but I feel like a, of recent, as I've strived to grow into these things, as I try to capture an hour or an afternoon uh, in this direction to orient my heart with hands open and say, like, no, I, I want to receive the gift that you've given the gift of rest in your presence, the rest of rest from other things for a minute so that I can let the things of life and my mind bubble up and hold those in front of you as well. To slow down long enough to, to, to look at the trees that are changing colors. They're beautiful out there. It's a great time to be in Michigan. Can I receive it as gift? Friends, I want to encourage you, you're probably doing some of these things already. Like some of the actions of it are already happening but could you claim some of those moments and set it aside like, I'm not going to let work get interwoven into this. I'm just going to be present uh, with God and enjoy his gifts in these moments here and now. And then let things grow from there. Maybe it's only a Sunday morning and a lunch. Maybe it's just an, an afternoon on a Thursday because that's how the week turned out. But again, my my encouragement to you, what I hear God encouraging us toward is that this is a gift for you that he wants to give to you and it's made for you. I, I think what, what he's offering is, is fairly clear. He said, I, I, I want you to set aside a day, that's the ideal. Okay. Um, I know that in the course of my day-to-day life, uh, taking time to rest, take time for solitude on a day-to-day basis matters as well. Like um, the Sabbath thing on, on the one day uh, probably makes those other moments uh, that much more fruitful. Uh, and that much more valuable and keeps me in the, in the rhythm of that. And so I think they're, they're complementary to one another. Um, so, but yes, I, I, we can't get around the fact that he said, one 24-hour period, this is, this is the gift that I want to give you. Um, but how do you take steps in that direction? I, I think it's a, a moment here, an afternoon there. I think consistency and communication with the people in your household matters. So last week I challenged you to uh, talk about uh, what you could do for delighting and what would fill your cup personally. If you haven't already, I want to encourage you to, to do that list and expand it to those people that are in the same 
household or rhythms of life with you, whoever those people are, because you're going to be more likely to do this if you can do this together. You're more likely to uh, be successful in this if you can make this part of our, our family calendar or, or uh, me and my friends' calendar, that we don't do things on this day or we have our hearts bent in this direction toward receiving the gifts of God um, on this day. And you can do it together. This does not mean that you have to stay home and twiddle your thumbs. Though for you, if staying home and twiddling your thumbs and nobody talking to you for a bit is restful, maybe that's it. But you've got to tell other people that that's what you need. So, have that conversation uh, with the people in your household, and I want to encourage you to claim some of those moments, some of the things you're already doing, as this is the time where I'm receiving this gift that God is giving me, and let it be a part of, increasingly, uh, your regular rhythms. Let's pray. Jesus Christ, <laughs> we know you want to give us this gift. Lord, uh, help us to receive it. Help us to trust that it really is good for us. And Lord, bring people alongside of us that will encourage and support us in receiving this. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you.